Welcome to the Black View. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me on the third episode of the Black View. Thank you for And I'm so me. glad to welcome Isis to the show. Hey guys. This is my Insta, Finsta friend. Insta friend girl. From like high school. Yes. Yes. We've met before, but yeah. No, she's <laughs> she's been a friend for a couple of years actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was she was there during the formative years. <laughs> Most deaf. We went through a lot of experiences together, you know. But um yeah. <laughs> Isis. What's up? Yes. <laughs> you have a business. I do. Um I feel like it's a super interesting business actually. Yeah. Because you don't I don't see many people doing it. Like yeah. on the smaller scale. Yeah. But um what is your business? Okay, so I make custom handmade jewelry. I make waist beads are my most like they're my biggest seller. They're what I started off doing. They're what I really love to do. But I also make anklets, rings, necklaces, nose cuffs, all types of stuff. And I'm always adding to the collection. Um, everything is pretty affordable. Nothing on the site really runs you more than about $20. Um, and I often have sales, like, probably once every few months. So, yeah, I just, I really love doing it. Wow, that's awesome. Why did you start? Okay, so I had actually broke my own waist beads, and I was looking online, and I just was not feeling what I was seeing. Like, either they were too expensive, or they just looked flimsy, or they weren't cute. Nonetheless, I just was not having it. And so I was like, I'm just going to have to make my own, because a while ago, I definitely was um, making jewelry. Like, my mom, she invested, <laughs> um, invested, but she enrolled me in all these classes all these like jewelry classes and so I learned how to make like earrings and bead stuff I mean she was really just trying to do anything to get me out the house but it was cool and so I still remember a lot of it so when I started this during quarantine because I was bored um I got to like bring all those skills back so it was cool um and also I'm a student so it was fun to like do something other than school like for a while you know like when you're a student really all you do is school and work maybe right maybe an internship right but like you know what i'm saying like it was fun to have like an artistic outlet that's actually awesome because i feel like over corona everyone had to learn something yeah. like everyone picked up some kind of trade for everybody sure. picked up something you came out of corona with a different job a different hobby a different outlook on life for sure that's the only thing that it really gave us that was good but i feel like with waist beads it's such a touchy thing for me personally yeah. just because i don't know i just feel like some people are really touchy about their culture and their cultural wear and things like that and you know if you wear it wrong or you know I feel like if you disrespect them they get really really touchy and aggravated about it mm -hmm. and like want to embarrass you instead of educate you and so like I've kind of steered away from those mm -hmm. also because it's just not in the Caribbean culture mm -hmm. to even wear them so it's never been a thing for me although I think they're beautiful though mm -hmm. you know and I honestly would want to get one one day so. see I could hook you up but see I definitely started and they're not the traditional waist beads. They're not all one color. They don't come on cotton thread. They're not things you can never remove. Um, they're my own take on them. So I really think anyone has access to them. And if you are more traditional and you want to wear more traditional waist beads, then you know you have access to plenty of vendors who could do that for you in Africa. Um, but 
me personally, like I had my own take on them, especially being like in the in the diaspora and, you know, having different just seeing different things growing up than you would if you were in traditional African culture. And so I just kind of had to put my own spin on things, especially just based on what was available to me. Like I started off just using like Michael's supplies. Like I started off using very basic things and then I worked up to pretty like high quality um, materials and stuff. So I've definitely bossed up with it. But usually I just, I encourage women to wear them just because not even for like, traditional reasons but also for just to accept your femininity a lot of the time like women tell me that they aren't comfortable showing off their stomach like whether you know their stretch marks or they've gained weight they lost too much weight a lot like it's not very many people you meet who are like super comfortable like I love my stomach and so girl must be nice (laughs) exactly you know like Mm -mm. it's not super common and so one thing about the waisties is they definitely make you more comfortable in showing off your stomach because one the majority of all of them right now are fully custom. So you can completely change them to look however you want. And I have like probably eight different gemstones that you can put on the waist beads. If you would like to add like the, like the added aspect of spirituality to it, there's moonstone, there's sodalite, there's calcite, there's tiger eye, citrine, just so many different ones um, that you can look into. And so on top of that, like you also, you just feel I don't know, when you have something around your body that makes you feel beautiful, that makes you comfortable, that reflects who you are, um, it does make you more, like, excited to show off your stomach. Like, a lot of the time, like, they'll tell me, like, oh, I wore a crop top just to show them off, and I didn't do that before. And, uh-huh. like, that always makes me so, so like, happy to hear it because, you know, as a woman, I was not comfortable showing off my stomach all the time. Like, right. you know, when you grow up and you're wearing, like, those, uh, what were they called? Crop tops? No, like, what were those um, swimsuits? But it was a tank, a tankini. You remember those? Oh, my yeah. mom used to make me wear those all the oh. time. Like, I oh did not God. have my stomach out for, like, the early parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get comfortable doing it until I was probably in, like, college because I was away from home. Um yeah, I remember when I came home, my mom was not feeling the waist beads at all. Now she has her own. Now she loves them. But at first, she was not feeling them. She was Why? like, you are bringing all this attention to your stomach. Like, people are going to catcall you. And you are just bringing so much attention to this part of your body. And then I really had to, like, talk to her and explain that it's not my fault. It's not anyone's fault if someone else sexualizes right? them. That is, your body is just your body. It's a vessel for you. Like, you, if someone else sexualizes you, that's their choice. Right? That's their, you do not, if you, sex, if you choose to sexualize yourself, that's fine. That's beautiful, but that's your choice. But just me walking around with my stomach out is not a sexual choice. It is my body. And, you know, a lot of women have to kind of click that like it has to click that you yeah know, you have to you have to you don't have to you know it's completely completely fine to be you know modest but also if you want to get to that point where you're just comfortable showing your body off you just gotta do it like you just gotta start up and you have to tell yourself like one thing I do all the time is affirmations like you have to literally tell yourself that you that girl like you have to tell yourself you need to look in the mirror and be like I look good Right, girl, you have to do that. That's why I listen to Megan Thee Stallion. Exactly, (laughs) but like I just feel like that, like the whole thing I just said about showing your stomach and stuff like that. I feel like slut shaming Mm. is was literally only developed to make women ashamed of their sexuality. For sure. And then it was like, yeah, now you have to stay virgin and appear and stuff like that because you're gonna be a slut if you're not. And it's like, but men. 
but men. men. So it's like that you just got to think about it because this thing is ingrained in our culture, yeah. in like everyone's culture, honestly. Mm-hmm. This is a worldwide thing where it's For like sure. if you're a woman having fun with your own body and making your own decisions, you're Satan. <laughs> like that's literally the yeah. narrative. And it's For crazy. Sure. And I feel like now, you know, people like you or just, you know, I mean, I know waist beats have been, you know, around but in Africa. But the crazy thing, you know, before it was more traditional not to really show them off. They were very personal and they still can be for sure. But a good thing, I mean, a big part of the waist beads that I make is they're no longer just like one color that symbolizes something. I have so many different patterns and gems and there's just a different aspect to it. So if you want to show it off, it is a piece of art. Show off the art. Show off your body. That's a piece of art. Like just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just, you know, be comfortable with it. Um, that's what I really encourage women to do. Um, and a lot of the time they tell me, like, once I wear them, I definitely show my stomach off more, especially in the summer. Like, it's for, you're for sure going to see them again in the summer more often, um, in, like, people's pictures and stuff. But I remember all, like, summer 2020, they were in everybody's picture. <laughs> um, and that just really, like, it made me happy. And the crazy thing, like, when I started, I was starting to see, you know, like, other people start to get into making them in Richmond. And that was really cool. Um, cause like I said, like, I'm sure there were other people who wore them for sure, but in my community, in my area, like I really wasn't seeing them, um, not until I went to DC. So it was definitely cool to bring that back from Howard and from DC. Oh, wow. So you go to Howard, you know, HU, the real HU. For sure. Um, but how do you feel like that's affected you? Because I feel like. I've always wanted to go to HBCU. I think they're awesome. They look super lit. Mm. But I go to PWI, you yeah. know. I mean, pros and cons, trade-off. Yeah. But how do you feel like going to HBCU has shaped you? I definitely feel like... So, okay. What Howard does, what most HBCUs do, is they make you really figure out who you are. Because a lot of the time when you... I went to mostly white schools. When you do that a big part of like who you are is that you're black because in those areas other people aren't black like that's part of like your personality at that point is that you're black but when you're around all black people you really need to figure out who you are because no you can't just be like oh I'm just black like no you're not anymore you have to what's your major what's your plan what's your culture like you you have to get deeper into yourself it makes you figure out who you are and what you want more um it definitely made me more interested in my major. I'm a political science major, English minor, because um, I was very interested in going to law school. I probably still will, but I think I'm going to take a gap year. Um, but going to Howard, like, you just see, you see gentrification firsthand. Like, someone broke into our dorms and was, like, running around naked, but down the street... It was like, you know, a real super classy cafe with like white people, like, you know, super elite bougie, white people, mm-hmm. gentrification, white people. And it's just crazy because it's like you go from area to area and it looks so different block by block because they've started to, they've started to take it over. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, going to Howard, like it makes you be more appreciative of the areas that are left that are still very black still very for the culture like you really do appreciate that more because you see it being taken away like there's definitely alums who had experiences and had places to go that we didn't because now it's a gentrification yeah Yeah, now it's a cafe but like before it might have been a record store or you know a club or a restaurant that was really big in the Howard culture but we don't have that anymore 
like there's even certain dorms that we don't have anymore that were a big part of like Howard's culture before. Wow. So, yeah, it's just it makes you really appreciate what's left of it. Um, I just I don't know. I really did enjoy like physically being at Howard. Being on campus is just it's so much energy. Like just looking around and it's just a beautiful campus of black people. Just all black people. Right. I mean, there's definitely a few other like non-black people, which is cool. But for the most part, like you're just surrounded by people that look like you and shared your experience. And being that is Howard, I mean, before last year, um, shout out to Spellman, it was the number one. But you know, Spellman took us off. But you know, good for them. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. Like you know, what I'm saying. I know. But to, like to an extent, it's a it's also a very high ranking HBCU. So you're around very. Um, tenacious people people who have all types of different as like you know just aspirations in life like I have peers who are doing amazing already I mean you know everyone's doing amazing in their own way but I remember like even freshman sophomore year people were having internships with people on the hill people were having internships with tech companies people were makeup artists with 500,000 followers like now I have someone we've sat in class together and she popped up on my snapchat on the um Four Dads. nine voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, we did a project together. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, it's definitely a place where you meet all types of just beautiful black people with dreams. Like you wow. just meet so many people. And I definitely, that's, that's what Howard really has is the people. Oh my God. See, now you make me want to go to one. I mean, it definitely has its cons. So yeah. <laughs> but um, but I do was, you feel um, like being around other black people? like betters your mental health betters your outlook with like college and stuff like that because you know people who share your experience yes. you know that they're going through the same things and so do you feel like there's like that support like damn we're all black we're all going through the struggle but we're all in school for sure like there is definitely a bond um i'm not gonna say it's all the way around like all around the campus is kumbaya we walk around like but for the most part you walk around you're gonna hug a few people you're gonna shake some hands like y'all gonna be real comfortable um, like it's been plenty of times I've just had like a terrible day and then I see a friend and they just give me like the biggest hug ever. And they're like, you good? You want to come over? We could do this. We could do that. And it was just, I don't know. Like it was, I definitely did feel that I had support. Um, and me personally, like I'm always very vocal and very open about like mental health, mental health awareness, because personally I struggle with depression and anxiety. Um, and I was diagnosed with that actually my freshman year of college, like the, actually the month before we went to college. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it was really crazy going into college with that going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were people around me that didn't even know that I was struggling with any of that, but just how they treated me and how they were so warm with me and stuff. Like it definitely made things better. Um, and they, you know, they didn't even know. Right. So... Yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. There were definitely times where there were black celebs on campus all the time. I would wake up, they'd be like, y'all, bow I know, y'all got like, Kanye for his uh, his Kanye, gospel yeah, thing, man. That looks so nice. Yeah, I mean, Kanye looked crazy, but. It was like, oh, I saw, I went to the, oh, the Us premiere where, um. Lupita, um. And, um, who's the other what one? What is his name? What is his name? I can't remember. It's not coming to me. It's, it'll click to me. Jordan Peele? Jordan Peele did come, but it was another one. Is Winston? When, not, I'm about to say Winston Churchill, but <laughs> Winston. Um, it was another. Oh God! But anyways, three of them came. They did a panel afterwards. We got to see it before it dropped in um, theaters. 
Girl, um, I'm transferring. Yes, it was uh-uh, crazy. Hold up. DC, it was cra- up getting for the tickets, yo, getting the tickets was the craziest thing. We pulled up. It was like 9 a.m. It was cold. It was raining. And it was like, a, uh, I'm not going to say that, like 500 of us crowding the the um, auditorium. You had to get in one by one for the line. We were like, people were going so crazy. This girl got like pinned between the door. Um, the way people was pushing the door, the door popped off. It was like, it was literally like a mob. It oh, was crazy. That's gotta, it was, it was crazy. That's it gotta. was crazy. And you know, also when Beyonce showed homecoming at Howard first, oh, yeah. that was also a, an event. Like it was, um, it's crazy, but also it's like, you know, Howard got that pop out culture. Like you go into this very like, I'm going to see us before anybody else in the country and I'm going to yeah. pop out for it. Like, I'm going to get cute. Like, Howard definitely, it's just his own little world because, you know, while you're there, you really don't, I'm not going to say you don't have to worry about anything else, but you don't have to worry about being the only black person where you're at. You don't have to worry about being the only poor person where you're at. You don't have to worry about any of that because you all kind of are in this same sphere. You're all kind of equal at that point. Um yeah wow oh my god no i think i think hbcus are so vital i think they're so vital and i really feel like they're losing their um importance in the u.s Mm. because like black people you know we're not going there as much because we have more options yes but at the same time you know they're losing funding like they're they're dying and also one thing howard definitely does have is to an extent colleges are still businesses they still mm-hmm. make business decisions. So things that they're doing are like invite, like, you know, it, it, you can feel your own way about it. But a lot of the scholar, not a lot, but a lot of the scholarships and athletic scholarships and stuff, there are white students at Howard that have those scholarships. And it makes you really just kind of, you know, like, yeah, this is that's it. weird. That's weird because, you know, it is particular in terms of, you know. But for scholarships, like scholarships are kind of for for Howard, like you would think they would be for black, black students. So, I mean, there's definitely still the aspect of them bringing in white people. And also I have white professors now. I have white professors this semester in two classes. And I'm going to tell y'all. What they oh, wow. Saying. Is that one even HBCU at that point? You know what I mean? It is. But like, it, no, like that, we need to gatekeep that. We need they, to gatekeep sure that. Do. It's literally but called listen, a historically bad girl, college for a reason. Girl. This is a safe space. Guess what they did? What? So one of them, one of them does not say African-Americans. He says blacks <laughs> in every context. He'd be like, yeah, the blacks do this. The blacks do that. The blacks whole time we're at Howard we're all the blacks like right. it's, it's really right. weird it's really they can't weird. even connect it's really weird they and don't even recognize the second one used a graphic that said Negroes <laughs> it's, it's just Negroes. like I feel like Negro, Negroes they and don't it, even realize what and they're then being it was clicking because I'm like why are y'all bringing these white professors who do things like this to Howard where we should not right. have to hear stuff like, like of right. all the institutions of all the colleges where you would think that you would hear something like that, you would really hope it's not Howard. Right? And so I remember like the group news were lighting up. They were like, did y'all, did he just call us Negroes? Did he just call us blacks? Like, are you serious? Like you can say, and like the big thing, they were like, say black people. We are black people, right. not blacks. Right. Like that's weird. Um, but you know, someone who's not black would not even you know kind of think exactly that he, they didn't even realize that that exactly. was not a that's cool the problem and that's the problem that's exactly sure. what hbcs were made for for, for black sure. people to be aware because we know the microaggressions we understand that for sure 
and they just it's like well they choose Ooh. to be ignorant to that you yeah, know what it's I mean? More like they really they do. Have to learn rather than something that we and it's crazy that they have to learn it because they made it up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made the it. infographics. They made they, them. Yeah. Like, and you're confused. Nah, why you we're offended? When it was just all the infographics of like about racism, and they were like, "Did oh, y'all yeah. really need a chart?" Like, the, no, the summer need... was horrible. Like, it was, it was horrible. I we were in quarantine, girl, and s- then all the the protests, like mental health was Let down tell you. that so like you know, we were in black girl, so you know when all the protests was happening for about a week a bunch of white people were just so sympathetic right so i remember this woman ordered for me and she was a white woman <laughs> and she dm'd me <laughs> And said, just in case no one tells you, your life matters. You are important, and you are this, and I am standing with you, sister, and just all this. And I was like, yeah, they've lost their mind. Yeah, no, they really have. Like, Like, they just begin to everybody's business when nobody asks. When all of that was happening, I remember just... remember that was just so funny to me because i was like y'all are actually making me uncomfortable like this is making me more uncomfortable exactly. than like that's weird feeling so like assured that's weird for sure that's <laughs> just they just don't sure. understand how to leave things alone like all we ask is for them to leave us alone Respectful. just just leave us alone literally and they can't do that they can do they can't do that segregation <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i just now that I heard that, though, that's really that's really sad because yeah. with HBCUs, like, I found out the other day mm-hmm. that they have curfews. Okay, for some of them, not Howard. They knew no, they knew better. Babu, Howard knew better. You talking about the other HBCU, Hampton Institute? Hampton. Uh, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Every black person getting a degree, y'all, y'all got my vote. But you know, if we gonna talk, them, no, I, that's <laughs> ignorant. That's ignorant. You know, that stuff is based in ignorance. Yeah, for sure. Of studies of what sure. that we are more. See, we are thing. Howard, instead of curfew, we had awful visitation. So one, um, we lived in triples. So having company was already kind of rough. Like we right. have two roommates and you all live in the same room. And right. then it's literally just this one room. Like it's not like a living room. In a room. It's like just a room. Yeah. So it was already weird. And so I think that that definitely was kind of meant to police us a little bit. And also on top of that, um, visitation was from on regular, not regular, on weekdays. It was, <laughs> it was from noon to like 10. What? And then um, on weekends, it was like noon to midnight or noon to two, something like that. So, you know, we're like it was spoiled cr- at the like, PWI. It was, and, oh, I wish oh, they would try to tell me. It was not even like you had to walk in. You had to give them your ID. You had to like, and then that like they would come to your door and knock on your door. Like if they saw that someone's ID was still in your thing, they'd be like, hello, you have a visitor. It's time to get out. Like they were not having it at all 
all. That's insane. It was crazy. That's and then insane. they would definitely take our visitation. For homecoming, we did not have visitation. Like, as much as you would think homecoming is when you would want to, you know, bring your people around, bring your cousins, tell them, come on, come right. see, you know, spend the weekend with me, come, you know, and it's how we're homecoming. Right? Like, what? Y'all are so and lit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, we didn't even have visitation, and that's not even just a freshman thing. Like, First of all, visitation I, sounds like jail. That's number visitation one. Visitation was definitely jail. <laughs> that um, sounds like Because, jail. and it was also, like, not embarrassing, but you had to, like, stand over the desk and, like, have, like, especially if you were bringing, like, a guy in, like, you just had to kind of stand there with them right, and, like, right. sign the desk in and, like, kind of awkwardly walk. It was just, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of weird. And they enforced that. Like, they also, at that point, like, they were doing the things on the doors where you had to put your ID on the door and then, it like, on the keypad or whatever, and then it would let you in. So we had to do that and then show your ID to make sure that you actually go here. Um, and do it one at a time. Well, it's also because it's D.C. too. D.C., um, but... Because VCU does something like that, too. And I think it's just because of, like, the city and the homeless population. For, for sure, for sure. That has but... a part, but majority racism. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was definitely... It, it was an experience trying to bring people. And then also, you can only have... Freshman year, can only have one person um, over. Like, you can check in multiple people like you could check in one person and when you check out one person you could check in one person but you can only bring one person and then sophomore year that I was there um you could bring two people but you had to check them both in um yeah it was a little yeah that's why dorms is not for me yeah but also it's crazy because you know, like, in D.C., there is not really affordable oh, housing, yeah, no, for sure. Like, you cannot, the way that you can stay on BCU campus comfortably, we cannot really do that in D.C. Like, um, like rent can, you know, it can literally go up to, like, 3000 Like, it can get, it can get pricey. It can right. get pricey. <laughs> and, like, unless you're living in, you know, kind of, like, uncomfortable situations as far as, like, there's an apartment, but you're sleeping in the living room, stuff like that. I mean, you can do that, but... You know, it's not ideal the way that other schools have, you know, off-campus apartments. Like, Howard only had off-campus apartments my last year there, and I want to say it was only, like, 30. Like, it was not very many. So you, unless you wanted to stay in dorms and deal with those rules, like, you had to live out um, in D.C., and, you know, it could just get so pricey. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, like, people will move to, like, um, Maryland, like, they'll move to, like, Laurel, or is that close? I think um, it's been a minute since I've been up there. Yeah. PG, they would move to PG. <laughs> they would move all to, like they would just move up like towards oh, wow. Maryland because I didn't even it know was that. yeah all the time. Um, I'm sure Hyattsville. Mm. Yes, that's where it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hyattsville is next to Laurel. Okay, so yeah, over there, that whole area, a lot of Howard students would end up staying in like student apartments over there, which would be like let less expensive than dc and like you had the opportunity to like have a bus that would take you straight from the apartment to um howard's campus um it was like a shuttle um so there there that was helpful yeah there are options but it's very like it's not one of those schools where you can bring 600 in rent and be good yeah no it's not gonna work you need to bring a thousand (laughs) like you need to have some money up under you um or more like yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking like a thousand in terms of you renting with people, right? Like, not just right. a thousand for just you. Uh, uh-uh. like if you and six people want to get an apartment, you can do that. 
it's I mean it's, it's it's a different culture living up it there is a different and I'm culture. sure it was probably maybe a little bit more comfortable prior to all the gentrification because like my aunt she um when she lived up there they had a house um that they rented out and it was like a 10 minute walk and it was just easy like that and then eventually like she ended up just owning the house and then she could rent it out but now it's not even rented out to you know Howard students anymore it's rented out to um I hate to say gentrifiers it just sounds so like Mm, angry but yeah like people kind of gentrify DC um and of course you know that drives us out like Howard now has less space than Mm -hmm. we did and it's crazy because a lot of the time Howard doesn't even take a lot of advantage of the space that it has Mm -hmm. like there's a few buildings um right like on the side of campus or on the front of the campus that technically are part of Howard, but they're not used. Like they're kind of like abandoned, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like Howard is not a school if you want an easy, an easy experience. It's going to be fun, but yeah. you're going to stress. Um, <laughs> this is a real life And you're going to be broke at- as well. Um, very broke. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Howard's camp, like, their um, cafeteria, it would close at, like, 8 or, like, 9. And it would close for, like, parts in the day. And there were, besides, there's a Subway and a Chipotle on campus. And the Subway's 24 hours, but the Chipotle closes at, like, 10. And so, really, there's nothing to eat. And mm-hmm. so, living in D.C., what are you going to do? You're going to Uber Eats. Because chances are that living on Howard campus, if you live on campus, you really probably don't have your car. Um some people do but it's not super common and so like you have to uber eat your food or something that's like twenty dollars every time you eat mm-hmm. yeah and it gets very expensive like and it's, it's dc you have amazing food like, out there yeah it's great food. it's like DC. you know the area for the carry out like it's good but you're gonna spend money and it's crazy because you know it's not we don't even have like a pretty good system where it's like these seven restaurants around campus you can swipe your card and you can eat there we don't have that like, you really are only, if, unless you're eating cat food and that closes really early. So, like, you know, obviously in, in college, you're not going to sleep at 1030. Like, you're, you know, you're Is how much cat food good, though? No. It's not? No. Uh, I expected better. I mean, there are days where it was, dare I say good? <laughs> there were days when there were, when it was not awful. Um, but there were definitely days where they could have kept whatever they made <laughs> there, were, there were definitely days where it was, it was um they would have been better off closing but that's just my opinion <laughs> and also oh my god but i appreciate this big... though this is a real life view at yeah. it you know most people i know who go to howard are like real hu howard I mean, love like my I school said, when, we, when lit. we first started i definitely like i said howard has people it's a great you know it's it's a place to be but there are downsides. Like, let's not gloss over it. Because that's what people did for me. Like, I went to Howard expecting basically, like, the same experience as, like, my people who would go to, like, JNU or ODU. Like, that same, mm-hmm. oh, you have this card. And even, like, Howard, like, the administration is kind of rough. So you call, no one picks up. You do this, you get an email. You don't get an email back for seven days. Like, it's very stressful. And so it's, like, no, like, people told me that it was going to be, like you were gonna have to fight for things at that school but i did not realize that it was so like so difficult to Mm -hmm. continue going there like at that point like howard's retention rate um starting to go down and like a lot of people like 
I'm HU22, like my graduation year was supposed to be 22. I was hoping it would be 20 because I had my associate's degree, but Howard was not trying to let me out. But um, so many of us have left. Mm-hmm. So many. Like, it's so many people that did not pass freshman year or didn't pass sophomore. Like, or something happened and they left. Like, it was just, it's not one of those places where you come and leave with the same people because it's so stressful. Inexpensive and tiring. <laughs> like, Jeez. it's honestly, I really will say that, like, besides the people, like, if you want an easy, if you want an easy college experience, don't go to Howard. Don't go to Howard because it's going to stress you out. Just go to homecoming and mm-hmm. you, it'll be the, it'll be, you. I promise you saw the best day. Like, mm-hmm. I promise you come to homecoming, you got the best of it. But this is what college is, though. Like, Stress. people who haven't been to college, you just don't understand. Man, college is one of the most, most stressful, stressful times of ever. our lives. Ever. Like, we're just leaving the nest, basically. We're having to figure a lot of things out for ourselves that we didn't figure out at home. And we're having to, like, make our own way in the world. And I feel like it's not, it's really not discussed enough because like you're becoming an adult you're changing as a person and then you're taking on all these new roles you have to take on internships jobs and you know you have to take on extracurriculars and stuff like that all about balancing school and And classes are so difficult especially with quarantine corona has just thrown a wrench and also literally everything our college experience is not like our parents were or like you know like this is probably that is we are very in the true. First kind of wave. We're in the first wave of like college being what you do after high school. Like you remember in high school, like they were like, "What college are you going to? You're yeah. going to co-. like it wasn't so much as the same. Like, oh, are you going to work? You're going to start a family? No, we don't yeah. live in that world anymore. We really don't. And so we're the was, first generation, and people don't realize that we're changing so many things. Like it's we we live in a completely different world than they did, and that just makes in a whole different experience because it's like I hate to say it but you're like in the 70s in the 80s they could work like a part time job and buy a house like they do some easy stuff they had some opportunities well I don't think easy is the word I would use I because would I don't feel like opportunities opportunities we have now most def outweigh what they had and I feel like they're not their only option, For but a sure. major option but I'm was like work. Just among people in college, like the way people kind of assume that college is just like, oh, you do a little partying, you do a little work, and then you graduate and it's cool. It's not really like that. And that also, is true. like the kind of like area, like era we're living in, like you know, like minimum wage has not went up. Like, and a lot of college students work minimum wage or low paying jobs. And so it makes it very hard to afford staying in school, paying for your rent, paying for your books. Like, it's not. It's hard to be sustainable without leaving in a lot of debt. It's really hard. That is really like, true. Debt is no joke. It's, <laughs> it's really not. not a oh joke. my god! It is that that thing follows you, and you know, like, it's just it's hard. I'm tired. It is. Hard. I don't want to do this no more. I don't like to. <laughs> I don't like to complain about it though, especially to my parents. Oh yeah, because I mean, I'm I, like in the in the no, just in the sense that like. Mm. For us, for black people, yeah. you know, we are the farthest. 
that black people have been in the United States ever. And, you know, I feel like, especially with hearing our parents' stories, you know, Mm. even our parents, a lot of our parents are foreign. A lot of our parents, you know, they had to immigrate or they had to assimilate and adjust or like they weren't even... I don't know, they just weren't part of the, the regular black American experience, you know, mm-hmm. for like just for people I know. But even for the black American experience, though, like that was difficult. You know what I mean? You're moving out of slavery, you're moving out of segregation, Jim Crow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those things are slow because, you know, hate crimes are still happening sure. and they're not, you know, getting, um, what is it? Attention? No, that word. See? No, they're not getting... Charged. Charged. Yeah, they're not getting charged. (laughs) And they're not going to jail. And even though, you know, there is no justification. I mean, that stuff is still happening. So I feel like, if anything, I'm so grateful because I can be in the position where I can protest for Black Lives Matter or I can protest for LGBTQ or whoever I decide to support. And, you know, I don't have to worry about being followed home. I don't have to worry about, you know, my family, somebody's going to get hurt because someone saw me. And I feel like we just have so many privileges that we just don't realize. But HBCUs, it's crazy to me how they're devaluing. Mm. They're devaluing because more, you know, integration. It's like sad to say (laughs) that now that we're mixing, that HBCUs are losing their value. But it's also, you have to recognize that, you know, they HBCUs, they can't compete with PWIs on purpose. You Mm. know what I mean? Because if black athletes went to black schools, yeah. you know what I mean? We would be insane, but that doesn't happen. But it's happen. about funding. You exactly. Know, it's completely about funding. It doesn't funding. happen. And what is How Ohio State, Penn State, everything like that, they get so much money for all those athletes and stuff like that. Where are those athletes going to go? They're going to go there where the attention for is. For sure. And so it's just it's sad to see, but it's like every time we take a step forward, you know, like, I feel like we're blindsided. Mm. Or I feel like there's so many other things that come with that step forward. Mm. You know what I mean? For sure. That's just really, really disheartening. It is. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, like, the HBCU experience is still enjoyable. I'm mm. glad that it's still a sense of, like, connectedness for black people. And I've always wanted to go to HBCU. I haven't even been on a campus yet. Really? I want to touch foot on a campus. I know it would be so fun. I know it would. Just being around my people. It's fun. It's fun. And you're <laughs> you're with all like when I tell you, you are with the Texas black people, the Cali black people. You are with the New York black people. You are with the Caribbean black people, the African black people. Like you are with all the black people. Mm-hmm. Every sort of every category of black people you can imagine. You are with the gay blacks, the trans blacks, the straight blacks, every black, all right. the blacks. <laughs> right. And you got to and you you learn so much about the black experience because you get to learn so much more about yourself. Like you can't mm-hmm. your experience as you know, an African-American person or as a person who's a first-generation student or something like that, it's not the only black experience. There's so many different ones. Um, Like, I definitely had friends who would be like, yeah, my aunt just sent me some money from Nigeria. Let's go get Caribbean food. And I'd be like, ooh, don't have that. Don't have that. And, like, you know, like, there would be people. I remember I had friends from, like, Texas that would, like, bring hot sauce everywhere we went. Like, you know, you just meet so many different types of people. You're like, oh, okay, I heard y'all did that, but I didn't know what you did. For real. You remember Shawty from, um, not that so right, the Cheetah Girls. Gabrielle, who used to bring the hot sauce. Yes. 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 They do that for real. They bring it to the cab. And they'll like <laughs> sprinkle See, it that's on beautiful there. though. Like definitely, especially but, soul food Thursdays. Ooh, I wish we had that. Y'all, y'all have soul food 
Thursday? Girl, they wow. give us fried chicken ghetto. and they say that, no, that is your They had fried chicken, mac and cheese, they had yams, they had collard greens sometimes. Oh my God, that sounds like somebody's biscuits. mother in the back with that fat arm. <laughs> that sounds like she made Somebody it Somebody cafeteria that workers look like that. <laughs> like, they were, but you see, know, you could relate to that. You so could make a joke sweet. about that. so sweet. Like, okay, like this one... Um, woman who worked in the cafeteria her name was miss hollis we loved her to death because every time we would like swipe in she'd be like hey pumpkin hey pumpkin hey pumpkin and she said it to everybody everybody that walked through that door she was very kind to like so nice and like you know obviously if you see that woman every day like it just you know it just make you happy like my right. grandma ain't here but she nice to me so right it's okay like, you wow. know? like it was it was cool you know because like i said a lot of the like staff are black too you mm-hmm. know now some of the you know professors are lightning but we're but, not gonna talk about that you know <laughs> but so you said you're a political science major english so minor. english minor Perfect. and do you feel like hb like hbc <laughs> howard has prepared you for that do you feel like what do you want you said you wanted to be a lawyer and do you I'm feel like it's prepared you for law. that and do you feel like the how the, prepare you to be a black lawyer like Above anything, when you graduate that school, you're going to be black. You're going to understand black history. You're going to, like, I took Zulu. You know, like, they're going to, before you leave, you're going, like, literally one of the first classes you have to take is Introduction to Continental Africa or Contemporary Africa. So you have to learn about what Africa's like at that time. I took, um, what was it? China and Africa classes, learning about, like, Chinese um, colonization in Africa today. Like, you learn so much about being black. And so, it it definitely it has prepared me to understand government and bureaucracy very well. I've taken so many classes about that, but I will say that more than I learned about particularly political science, I learned about the black experience, and I learned what it's what it's like all the way around. You know, mm-hmm. to an extent, it was. You're describing what I want my show to be like. <laughs> Like, literally, just, just the black experience just, all around. Not just, just the traumas, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you know, the fun times, too. Literally, we I have just so much Because pop-out culture was beautiful. Like, it would be it would be 80 degrees, everybody popping out, looking gorgeous and glowing and black and taking pictures and doing podcasts. There'd be people doing yoga on the yard and painting and people, you know, like the uh, center, the center of fine arts, all the music people, they would be outside playing their instruments. You know, there are people, people who were rappers, they would come out. Um, professors would be out there chit-chatting sometimes. Like, it was just such a environment to be on. Like, the yard, like, anybody who graduates from Howard, they're going to be like, yeah, the yard was like that. Because it, it was, like, at that time. And it's crazy because I remember, like, when we left, it was just so empty. And it just mm, broke my yeah. little heart. Because I was like, dang, like, every homecoming, like, the homecoming um, concert is on the yard, like, a lot of the different events and the all white parties and all that is on the yard. Like Corona, Corona, Corona. And it's crazy. Let's I just take a moment of silence because Corona. What? What the heck? Away. Like what the heck? Like I just be thinking, we're in a pandemic. Texas opened up. Texas <laughs> and Mississippi. Are y'all not in Baraz? <laughs> y'all not in and Mississippi? In like, Joe Biden like, literally said, this good. is a huge mistake. And my thing is, you know, I don't know how government works and everything, but I'm like, you're president, sir. You are president he, yeah, of the is, United States. T- your local political science major is telling you he's doing nothing. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting y'all know. He's doing, like, on the scale of things that are going to 
affect small scale people? Is he doing not small scale people, but like you know, just the general population? You know, like in terms of stimulus bills or unemployment, whatever. He's moving real slow on it. Yeah. Like I'm sure he's. I'm. I'm not gonna lie and say he hasn't dropped. Like, like where's sure, my stimmy? I'm sure he's dropped 18 it? executive orders about like the EPA or something already. But person, like you know, the things that are actually trickling down. No, to the, the regular population. Like he's things he's we need to talk about much. now: immigration, and stimulus check, Corona. As of March 4th, if he pull up on March 5th and give us the tooth out, I put my money in my mouth. But. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and also we're going to talk about how they're not letting college students, how they didn't let college students get the unemployment check yeah. the last time. Oh, girl, wait, Ooh, I got unemployment. Not, it was unemployment. Well, it, it was, was stimulus. Was, I mean, stimulus. I mean, stimulus. Stimulus. Because unemployment, we was stimulus. eating good, girl. girl I unemployment. I, I didn't get because Ugh. I had only worked um for like two quarters of like just two quarters period because I was doing summer jobs like I was mm. not working during the school year because I did sports I lived like across town like it just was not feasible mm-hmm. so they were like nah you didn't put enough in you can't get it I was like yeah girl right. but I was child I would have had some crab legs I was like everywhere on me everywhere <laughs> we go it's on me I got it okay <laughs> I got it. y'all hungry <laughs> for sure literally but I'm so so glad that you came to yeah talk on the show today i loved your insight and your input and i feel like it's really interesting especially because you know hbcus all i hear is the illustrious i attend the illustrious so and so but it's like and it's beautiful it is it is but it's like damn it's also a black thing you know a lot of the time we don't really like to talk about the uncomfortable things in our lives we don't like to talk about what we have that isn't ideal if we're not comfortable we're not at the less than perfect parts of our lives. We really don't share, especially on a public like sphere. So a lot of Howard alum are going to tell you that it's an amazing experience and it is, but they're not going to tell you some of the other things that maybe you should consider before you go. Because there's definitely, like I said, a lot of people have left Howard and that's because, you know, it just was not the place for them. And they probably, and personally I've considered leaving Howard because I felt like that it might not be the place for me. Um, I didn't, but <laughs> I didn't. My mama wouldn't let me. But hey, girl, get Shout that degree. Shout out to my mama get again. Get that degree, okay? <laughs> but yeah. Not let me get out of there. <laughs> well, good thing she didn't, you know? You might be a lawyer. You could be a lawyer right now. I you could, could be fighting for black lives. That's See, that's actually very much Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was very, I was very much Because the prison there. industrial system is a whole other conversation that we're not Her. about to get into. Her. But yeah, abolish that. Abolish that. <laughs> Abolish the prison industrial complex. If you get nothing else from today, abolish that. And check out my site. But do that too. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, this is an amazing conversation. And yeah, tune in for more, guys. Yes, whoever is up next, they probably gonna eat it up too. Who would you nominate actually to be on the show? My friend Adrena. Adrena. Her Instagram is aesthetic by Adrena. Send it to me. Okay, but but I would I would nominate her because she's she's definitely like very passionate about what she does as well, um, and I think it's very beautiful to see because you know she also makes jewelry and she's also very into crystals and stones and stuff like that, which is what I work with, and so she's really one of the only people I can really relate and talk to about it, um, and the way she talks about it is just it's just so beautiful to watch. So mm. yeah, I, I nominate her. 
Come on, girl. All right. That's a bad. Yeah. Girl, we acting like black people. You know, we had to say bye three times. Yeah. All right, y'all.